0: Good morning, Orlando. Good Wednesday morning to you here at 6 o'clock. Looks like a beautiful day taking shape. And we're going to get it started with our first look now at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger.
1: And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the Stoneman Douglas Commission holds its first meeting, and the Toronto van suspect left a cryptic message on Facebook. We'll have the details coming up in one minute.
0: Right off the top, we're gonna to hop on the Trump train. Among other things, we're gonna check in on this Ronnie Jackson fiasco next on Good Morning Orlando.
1: Happy hump day at 601 on News Radio 1025. The state commission set up to investigate the Valentine's Day massacre at Stoneman Douglas High School in Broward County holds its first meeting. Pinellas County Sheriff Bob Gualtieri chairs the panel and says the death toll would have been a lot higher if not for the reinforced glass and the third floor teacher's lounge.
2: That man was in there, act as a sniper, and he was going to kill as many kids as he possibly could that were outside that school. He had a bipod for that AR-15, and he was trying to set it up, and the only reason why he didn't is, is that, thankfully, he couldn't shoot through those windows, and the bullets fragmented because of the double-pane glass. He tried to open the windows, and he couldn't get them open.
1: The commission's job is to figure out what went wrong at Stoneman Douglas and how to prevent it from happening again. Their report is due in January. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Meanwhile, the man accused of killing 17 people at Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland on Valentine's Day will continue to be represented by a public defender. A Broward County Circuit judge ruled yesterday that 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz doesn't have enough money to pay a private lawyer to handle this case. The judge said his assets total no more than $28,000. Cruz is being held without bail, charged with 17 counts of murder and 17 counts of attempted murder.
0: Wait a minute, wasn't he going to inherit $800,000 from his mother's estate? That was the word, and his lawyer had
1: said uh, that he didn't want any of it for his defense, that he wanted to donate it to an organization that had been set up by the victims. Yeah, okay. So I I imagine the victims are like, keep your money. I'd rather have my child back. We'll see how it plays out. The uh, investigators are trying to figure out a Facebook message left by the suspect in the deadly van attack in Toronto. At least 10 people were killed and several others wounded Monday when a van raced down a busy sidewalk in the Canadian city. Reports say the suspect made a Facebook post before the attack that made a mention of an incel rebellion. Investigators believe incel is short for involuntary celibate and matches with a Reddit group that advocates sexual assault against women. A competency hearing back in Florida is scheduled this morning for the man charged with the random murders of four people that terrorized a Tampa Tampa neighborhood last fall. Attorneys for Howell Donaldson III have filed a motion asking for an evaluation of his mental health. They say that he doesn't understand the charges against him and is unable to assist his defense in representing him. If Donaldson is determined to be competent, however, he will be transferred to a state hospital for treatment until he is fit to stand trial. And finally, the musician behind many of the great schoolhouse rock songs is dead.
3: Conjunction,
4: junction, what's your function? Yeah. up words and phrases and clauses.
2: Conjunction, junction,
1: you may not remember this bud, but chances are your kids like myself were raised on Schoolhouse Rock. It's how we learned how a bill becomes a law. It helped with multiplication. It was it was a great after-school special, and Bob Duro passed away Monday at the age of 94. Duro may not be a household name, but his songs help lots of young people across generations navigate the complicated worlds of grammar, math, and science. He's, his best-known piece from the emanated, uh, animated musical series is arguably Conjunction Junction, which you just heard. Right. But Duro was also behind all of the songs in the show's Multiplication Rock series. Duro also excelled as a jazz pianist, working with the likes of Miles Davis.
0: I'm glad you made time for him. He's uh, been influential in a lot of lives. Oh,
1: without a doubt. I you mean, bet. for a lot of kids, that's and, and it was interesting how he got into it. It's because a friend was complaining that his son knew all of the all of the words to a Jimi Hendrix song, but didn't know his math homework. So <laughs> it, he, created, he said, all right, Bob, come up with a way that these kids will remember their homework as easily as they remember song lyrics from their favorite rock song. Fantastic idea. And that's how Schoolhouse Rock came to be. WFLA Newstime at 6.06. This is another cool story. Read about and check out the photos of 13 trucks parking
0: underneath an, a highway overpass to save a suicidal man. Keep him from being... Jumping a distance that would have killed him. They would have had to jump on top of the trucks. That's right.
1: right. So police in Michigan called out the truckers and they all lined up underneath the overpass to save that man who was saved and taken to an area hospital for a mental health evaluation. But you can get the details at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now.
0: News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. That's quite a story. And when the Deb Meister's here bringing us the news... One great story after another, and Deb, you'll be back at the bottom of the hour whenever news breaks. We don't have anything new on uh, George H.W. Bush's condition, still in intensive care, but responding to treatment for his breathing issues and his blood disorder in Houston. Is that the latest we know? That
1: is the latest that we know. They're just continuing to monitor him. He is responding to treatment, but... You know, he's had a very emotional last uh, last few days without, I mean, to say the least. Yeah. So I, that would be taxing on anyone's body, much less if you're 93.
0: No question. I think there's a broken heart element here. have lost his precious Barbara of 73 years, but he's a fighter. And um, and he's hanging in there. Thought we knew you'd want to know that. Deb, thank you. We'll catch you shortly. he's a lone ranger in the control room. Steph called in. She's under the weather, unable to make it today. So he'll be screening as well as executive producing. We're going to dive in on uh, many matters that we find on today's Trump train that pulls out of the station in a couple of minutes. I'll talk about the um, state dinner for the Macron's of France last night. The unbelievable elegance of First Lady Melania, Uh, Trump talking tough on Iran the way he did to North Korea, but then there is this fiasco that seems to be getting worse by the hour on the president's pick to run the Veterans Administration, his personal doctor, Ronnie Jackson. This thing looks like a first-class mess. And we're going to try to sort it out and we'll see what you think after I give you my take. It is coming up. As we launch from the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit Laura dot com. Right now, listen up. Stay tuned. You got a shot at winning your share of eight hundred and eighty thousand dollars in cash and our make your wallet great again texting contest. Listen for the new keyword of this hour. Then text that word two hundred-two hundred. Yep, you could be our next $1,000 winner. It's coming up in seconds, followed by my update for you on Orlando's news, weather and traffic, and that's only two minutes away, here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Lots of pomp and circumstance last night, 150 select guests, no Democrats invited at the state dinner at the White House. Melania Trump um, was the the point person on this and apparently handled every detail and, and just did a phenomenal job. And I have never seen a more elegant first lady than Melania Trump, particularly yesterday during the day when the Trumps welcomed the Macrons to the White House. Did you see her in that stunning white dress with the broad-brimmed white hat? I always thought Jackie Kennedy set the standard for elegance in first ladies. I have never seen anything like Melania, or any one like Melania yesterday as a First Lady of the United States, and she carried herself so beautifully. So did her counterpart, um, Macron's wife, Brigitte. Uh, at any rate, um, there we go on that. The president yesterday had a news conference with Macron, and um, he, among other things, the president was talking tough to Iran on this nuclear deal that he wants to rip up. Macron wants maintained, that's a big source of debate, one of many issues that divide these two guys, who on a personal level seem about as tight as two world leaders could be. But at any rate, what the president said here reminded me a little bit of the fire and fury talk that I think wound up being, well, not only scary at first to a lot of folks, My president's going off the rails, he's a warmonger, but it really brought North Korea to the negotiating table on getting rid of their nukes. Here's the president with that same kind of feel in this comment about Iran. They better not, they better not come after us. If Iran threatens us in any way, they will pay a price like few countries have ever paid. Well, Iran's all up in arms about this, etc. But you know what? People are going to say, here goes the president again. But you know what? He's become a major player on the world stage. He scares them. He scares them. He scares the bad actors because they're thinking, you know what? This son of a gun might do what the other presidents didn't have the guts to do, blow us to kingdom come and then some. But let me get to the big story that is emerging now, and it continues to dog the president. He selected his personal doctor, the dashing Admiral Ronnie Jackson. You remember his briefing on the president's great health and how impressive that was. He was the um doctor for a time for Bush forty three, for Obama throughout his presidency, and continues as President Trump's doctor, and he became president's the president's pick to run veterans' affairs, okay? The second biggest bureaucracy we have in the federal government, three hundred and seventy thousand some odd employees. It's massive and it's intransigent. It's difficult to get anything changed there as we know. Now, the issue right away was, does he have the experience? And that certainly can be debated. President Trump has spoken glowingly of the character of Ronnie Jackson and spoke glowingly yesterday of Ronnie Jackson, his personal doctor, one of the finest men he's ever met. But then he seemed to leave the door open as these allegations are piling up against Ronnie Jackson of the fact that he's got a drinking problem that he has been difficult, if not impossible, to work with, and he passes out prescription drugs like candy. Um, Let's listen a little bit to the president seeming to leave the door open and saying, Ronnie, I love you, uh, but maybe you need to pull the plug on trying to run the VA. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. What does he need it for? To be abused by a bunch of politicians that aren't thinking nicely about our country I really don't think personally he should do it but it's totally his I would stand behind him totally his decision it was really interesting what the president was doing there I have to say I don't think that Ronnie Jackson has been thoroughly enough vetted I really don't okay and that that really is on the president um, these allegations are not just coming from Democrats. They're coming from Republicans. Yes, there's plenty of Republicans along with almost all the Democrats invested in obstructing this president every way they can. But there's so much smoke here. You got to believe there is fire. And so it is that the bipartisan committee that will hold the confirmation hearings for Ronnie Jackson on becoming the, um, head of veterans affairs has indefinitely delayed now the start of those hearings. And I think we're supposed to kick off today. Ronnie Jackson says he's still in, wants to answer all the questions. I hope that he can to the satisfaction of the committee. But um, this whole thing has turned into a mess. I'd like to know what you think happened here. Who's to blame for this fiasco? And should the president pull the nomination? Or should Ronnie Jackson take his name out of consideration? 407 916 5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. I don't see how the president's personal doctor, the well-respected, at least till now, Admiral Ronnie Jackson survives this and goes on to be confirmed to run the Veterans Administration. You could make the case he doesn't have any experience administering a mammoth bureaucracy like this. But those who have had this kind of experience haven't been able to solve all the problems in the VA... By a long shot. But um, it really doesn't look like the president looked beyond or beneath the surface of the great relationship and personal respect he has for the care he gets from Ronnie Jackson. Um, This stuff is coming across party lines right now. They're talking about how an overseas trips when he was Obama's personal doctor, he would go up and down the aisles of the people who were on board, you know, veterans, uh, administration people, etc., or whatever, and he'd say, who wants to go to sleep? And he'd hand out, like, Ambien. And then he'd say, well, who wants to wake up? Well, before you go to sleep, give you Provigil, which th- these are controlled substances, you know. They call him the Candyman, reportedly. They say he was drunk on the job um, for President Obama. Why didn't we hear about that, though, Yaffe? This is this is what I'm suspicious of. Maybe he can effectively um, deflect all of these charges. Would Obama have put up with that, a drunk doctor supposedly tending to him? What if he had a health crisis? I don't remember any of this stuff coming up yeah, during the either. Obama regime, that he was banging on a hotel door of a female employee in the middle of the night, making a lot of noise, that, that he, he had a toxic work environment where people underneath him were screamed at by Ronnie Jackson, belittled, etc. Why didn't any of this stuff come up when he served as Obama's doctor, I think, for the entire eight years? Yeah. So that's interesting.
5: Yeah, of course, um, they referenced, though, that he was really great to the people above him. Yes. So, like, people like Obama and everything, they just saw the best of him, while they didn't see the worst of him, which only comes to the people below him, I guess.
0: The last we had from Ronnie Jackson was that he wanted to answer all the committee's questions, and he wanted to move forward. All of this has been put on hold now with all of these allegations coming, and not all just from the Democrats. He says he can answer the questions effectively to the satisfaction of everybody. I hope that's true, because he seems like a good guy to me, but hey, what do I know?
5: And you know that a lot of people will be watching. If they actually do the hearings and ask him questions, that'll be a highly rated confirmation hearing, I think.
0: My my prediction? Ronnie Jackson is out.
5: Yeah, I think so, too.
0: I don't see how he goes forward. I think the president will get with him. That was kind of a a curious uh, out that he gave him yesterday. It's like, take it, Ronnie. Take it, Ronnie. Get out now. Okay, we'll see how it all plays out. (sighs) Oh, Deborah Roberts with the news coming right up here at the bottom of the hour for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit com. She'll be checking in with more on the Stoneman Douglas Commission holding its first meeting and Senator Marco Rubio weighing in on the Trump-Macron meetings. Good morning, Orlando, at 629. News update now with uh, my co-host and partner, Deborah Roberts. You bring us news this morning of an important development more than two months after the school massacre in Broward County, Deb.
1: Yeah, where the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School Public Safety Commission holds its first meeting. Pinellas County Sheriff Bob Gualtieri says they're looking at everything that went wrong during the massacre in Broward County where 17 people were gunned down, including the fact that classroom doors could only be locked from the outside.
2: So in order for a teacher who was hunkered down in a classroom to make a decision to lock the door once it once went into code red, the teacher had to go out into the hallway and take a key and try and lock the door. That's messed up, no matter how you slice it.
1: Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel was a no-show. Gualtieri asked him not to attend because he'll probably be called to testify before the panel. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. President Trump's first state dinner is to honor the U.S. relationship with France. At the White House last night, Trump raised a glass to French President Emmanuel Macron by pointing out the ties that bind the two nations and the common history between the U.S. and France going back to the Revolutionary War. First Lady Melania Trump wore a shimmering silver dress. The dinner menu included a rack of lamb, jambalaya, and wines from Oregon and California. In the meantime, the French president will try to convince President Trump not to pull out of the Iran nuclear deal during talks at the White House. Trump has been a harsh critic and has set a May 12th deadline to fix the agreement or the U.S. will pull out. Senator Marco Rubio says Trump may actually be able to influence Macron to improve the deal.
5: I think he's got a good relationship with President Macron. France is an important ally. They worked in conjunction with us recently on Syria. Uh, There's a lot we can work on together. I think President Macron shares the president's concerns about Iran and its future. France is actually one of the strongest people
1: at the table. Those concerns include Iran's ongoing ballistic missile development, which is not blocked by the agreement. Rubio serves on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. And finally, tens of thousands of new Central Florida residents are being encouraged to harness their political power. Puerto Rico governor uh, Ricardo Rosello was in Orlando yesterday to encourage displaced islanders to register and vote in upcoming elections. Roseo tells the Orlando Sentinel he'll campaign for candidates he believes are friends of Puerto Rico. He believes if Puerto Ricans organize in one strong front, they can be more influential than ever. And you can get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report.
0: Absolutely right Deb, and Let's bring her in live from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. Good Wednesday morning to you,
3: Gina. Good morning, bud.
0: Boy, I got to tell you, the markets took a big-time tumble yesterday. Help us understand what happened there and how the futures are looking this morning.
3: Okay, well, we have the stock futures lower. It looks like we might be headed for a lower Wall Street open, and we did see a lower close on Wall Street yesterday amid a flood of earnings, which included a couple of Dow components, less than optimistic forecasts from both Caterpillar and 3M. We also have the benchmark Treasury yield, the 10 year above 3%, and that hasn't happened in some time. So, In the end yesterday, the Dow was down 425 points to 24,024. The S&P fell 36 or 1.3 percent to 2635. The Nasdaq tumbled 121 to 7,007. The Bloomberg Orlando index losses pretty much in line with what we saw at the broader mark. And as as I mentioned, with that Treasury yield, the first time it's gone above 3 percent. Uh, in four years. Now, we do have a lot more earnings to watch for today. And again, from some big companies, including Boeing, Comcast. Uh, They actually beat estimates. We just got their earnings, Comcast. We also hear from Facebook, Visa, AT&T, and from Ford.
0: Boy, big hitters. All right, that'll be interesting. And I'm sure it'll be a big part of what we discuss on tomorrow's Bloomberg Business Report. Last week, I recall, you had an update on the situation with Wind Resorts. That empire built in Las Vegas by the hotel magnate Steve Wynn, who's been embroiled in a sexual harassment scandal. Uh, You have some um, earnings results on Wynn Resorts for us?
3: Yes, they have a new CEO, and we did see the company's shares sliding in after-hours trading after quarterly profit, beat estimates, revenue just missed, however. But the new CEO also says he's pulling back on some projects that were begun under his predecessor, Steve Wynn. CEO Matt Maddox is taking steps to show that the company is changing since Wynn left two months ago after allegations of sexual misconduct.
0: Lots of news you have brought us over the last couple of years. Most of it bad about Wells Fargo, the big bank. Shareholders for Wells Fargo got together. There have been protests. What's the story, Gina?
3: Yes. Well, the meeting drew a protest march with critics blasting several things here: the bank's scandals, labor practices, financing of gun makers, jails, and oil product project up. Uh, Projects, excuse me, I it's guess right. I better have another cup of coffee this well, morning. Well, <laughs> it's a little early for all, right. all of us, I get it. <laughs> okay, so anyway, <laughs> the, uh, the shareholders meeting was held in Des Moines, Iowa, and Bud, it ended with them voting to show stronger support for the board than a year ago, and also an endorsement to boost executive pay, so... The bank may have some work to do to win back the trust of customers, but the shareholders, at least, are backing what's going on as uh, the bank has tried to make some changes as well.
0: All right, finally, in the Bloomberg Business Report, let's bring it back to the very personal uh, level we can all relate to, how Americans are feeling about their incomes and what the future holds. You have new information on that.
3: Well, they seem pretty optimistic. Only 6.8% of Americans expect to see their incomes decline over the next six months. That matches the lowest share since December 2000, and this is according to data from the conference board.
0: Okay, let me yell over your shoulder to the rest of the gang in the Bloomberg newsroom. Put on a pot of coffee for Gina. Make it espresso, will you? <laughs> Sounds Real good. strong. I hope they heard. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gina. You're terrific. We'll catch you tomorrow morning. Have a great day.
3: Uh, you too, bud. Thanks.
0: All right. The ongoing madness of Maxine Waters on display next on the 50,000 watt front porch. Also, 10 minutes out, don't call now, the daily chance to play and win our sound judgment game. Company says you're eligible if you haven't won it in 30 days. Wow. Disney on Ice. These are expensive tickets in downtown Orlando at the Amway Center. Family of four, a four-pack. You're going to Disney on Ice with your spouse and your kids on us if you're our winner. And you're going to get the fabulous Trump policy board game to play with your family and friends. Two prizes, one winner. Sound judgment in 10 minutes. So, Stay with us. It's going to be a great ride here in this half hour of Good Morning Orlando. And beginning with an update that I'll bring you in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 on news, weather, and traffic. She's a dictionary definition of a one trick pony. California liberal black congresswoman Maxine Waters. A one trick pony. Ever since Trump was elected. And she cannot accept the result of that election. She's been going around screaming to anybody who will listen. And believe it or not, there are actually some who will. And this is all you hear from Maxine. Impeach 45. Impeach 45. Impeach 45. Impeach 45. She never even takes a break to read the Constitution, which says impeachment requires that somebody can impeachment and conviction and removal from office that a president be guilty of high crimes and misdemeanors you know bribery that sort of thing big stuff she can't name a single thing that the president has done that is an impeachable offense she just wants him impeached yeah because she doesn't like him You know, and and she's at it again, you know, rewriting reality as Maxine Waters sees it. And, of course, when she's on super liberal left-wing MSNBC in prime time, everybody there is going to be lapping it up. And here she was this week, Maxine still pounding the impeachment drum on MSNBC. Everywhere I go... People are talking about, why can't you all get rid of him? Why don't they impeach him? What's wrong with the other members of Congress? Why don't they stand up with you? This man is dishonorable.
3: He lies all the time. He's a con man. They say all of these things. And I'm not just talking about my district, whether I'm on the airplane. I'm walking down the street in New York.
0: Wherever I am, I'm hearing it. And I'm told that 70% of women who have been polled say that they want him impeached. And MSNBC's liberal host, you know, the guy with the pouty mouth and the big glasses, Chris Hayes, kind of looks like a poor man's Clark Kent or something. He's just lapping it all up. (laughs) Go, Maxine. (laughs) Tell me more. There is no poll out there that indicates 70% of women want Trump impeached. You could find one that 70% of women don't like the president, wouldn't vote for him. But at least some of these have at least checked the Constitution and understand what is required before you impeach, convict, and remove a president, Yaffe. But when you've got Trump derangement syndrome in a terminal case like Maxine and you're on MSNBC, case. yeah, yeah. Well, if she doesn't die from it, I might. <laughs> I'm just so sick of her. And <laughs> what do you think?
5: Well, I mean, I think you're exactly right. If you don't like the president, that's one thing, but he hasn't done anything that's impeachable. If you don't like him, vote him out. But don't call for his impeachment just because you disagree with them politically. I think that sets a bad precedent.
0: Yeah. You can always find an audience for this stuff, you know? I mean, CNN oh, and MSNBC yeah. are always looking to fill a hole, you know?
5: Do you think the Democrats will move for impe- impeachment if they win the House this year?
0: Well, but they'll have to come up with some kind of solid grounds or to will go nowhere. They're, they're actually debating whether or not they want to run on that, get us in and we'll impeach the president. And even Maxine Waters said, "You know the party's very skittish about that 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 could very well backfire on them i
5: think I think it would backfire on them, yeah, I'm not convinced that they would necessarily impeach him if they won the House. I think a lot of them want to, but I'm not sure they would actually do
0: it yep, yep, and um by the way we had uh we had that Arizona election, which was won by a Republican last night by six points where Trump won by a thing twenty one okay." So, the Democrats can crow about that, but they did not win the seat, okay? They were saying this was really going to launch the blue wave, et cetera. Didn't happen in Arizona. I've got the numbers there coming up on a headline that I will be bringing you shortly. Contestants are ready. We're going to play sound judgment. steps out today. So, Yaffe, what about those two prizes that were given away?
5: Yes, bud. Our winner today can win a family four pack of tickets to see Disney on Ice. Dare to Dream at the Amway Center happening May 11th through the 13th. If you want more information on that, you can go to 1025wfla.com keyword events. And that's not all. When you're done going to Disney on Ice, you can bring the family home and then play the Trump policy board game and see how much your family knows about, well, Trump. (laughs) So check that out as well. You can go to TrumpPolicy.net to find out more information on that game.
0: It's a $40 value, a real quality game, and you will love it. They're hard to get, and we've got them. So, wow, Disney on ice tickets and the Trump board game. If you're trying to get in, wait for a wrong answer to my question. That will open up a line, and you could still win at 407-916-5400. So for today's sound judgment game, I admit we're going to get a little petty and a little gossipy here as we focus on President Trump and First Lady Melania hosting French President Emmanuel Macron and his wife Brigitte. The Trumps have a difference in age of 24 years. The President's 71, is 47. But it might surprise you to learn that the age difference for the Macrons is even greater than that. Listen to a little sound from last night's White House state dinner for the Macrons as the French president is speaking, then use your sound judgment to tell me how many years separate Emmanuel and Brigitte
3: Macron. Monsieur le Président, cher Donald, Madame la First Lady, cher Mélania, Mesdames et Messieurs, chers amis,
0: c'est un honneur pour... Did uh... you catch all that? Doesn't matter. That's not the question. How many years separate in age Emmanuel and Brigitte Macron. Okay. Let's go to line one. Give me the number, line one. Hello? Yes, line one. Yes, uh, 24. No. No, the Trump's 24 more oh. for for them, okay? For the Macrons. Let's go to line two. How many years? 27. Too many. Good try, though. 407-916-5400. Jump in, grab these prizes. Line three, how many years? 25. Yep, absolutely right. Believe it or not, she is 65. He is only 40. You've won the Disney on Ice tickets, Family Four Pack, and the Trump board game. I hope you're as pumped as we are for you. Nice. Nice, that's it, right? That's it. All right, man. What's your first name? I'll write you a note.
5: Kenny.
0: Kenny, where are you calling in from?
5: Groveland, Florida.
0: Terrific. Great to have you uh, with us out in beautiful Groveland, and thank you so much for listening to the show, playing our game. I bet you didn't think Wednesday morning would start out by winning the sound judgment game, did you? No, sir, I did not. (laughs) Enjoy the show, enjoy the Trump game, and stay with us, okay? Kenny, don't go away when Yaffe gets to you in a minute and he's doing everything in the control room with Steph out. Uh, Don't go away. I'm going to put you on hold. He will make the arrangements with you. Yep. Macron is 40, and his wife is 65, a 25-year gap. Now, um, coming up, Deborah Roberts with the news at the top of the hour. I'll give you the headline she's going to be bringing us in a moment. Good morning, Orlando. On this beautiful Wednesday morning, we greet you here at 7 o'clock on the 50,000-watt front porch. With our latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger.
1: And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the Stoneman Douglas Commission holds its first meeting, and the governor speaks at two deputies' funeral services. We'll have the details coming up in one minute.
0: And ahead, my take and yours on a Florida congressman's plan for congressional term limits that do not require a constitutional amendment. We'll see what you think next on Good Morning Orlando.
1: Soon-to-be sunny skies, good Wednesday morning at 7.04 on News Radio 102.5. The official post-mortem into the Parkland school shooting is now underway. Pinellas County Sheriff Bob Gualtieri presided over the first meeting of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School Public Safety Commission. He says law enforcement had trouble responding because their radios couldn't handle the load.
2: You had commanders that were going to radio to radio to radio, going to car to car to car, trying to get on the radio and do something, and they couldn't do it because the radio system doesn't work.
1: That's just one of the issues the 16-member commission will be addressing. Their report is due in January. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Governor Rick Scott says we'll never understand why two Gilchrist County Sheriff's deputies were taken from us, quote, so young and act so void of any reason, end quote. Scott spoke at yesterday's services in the town of Bell for Sergeant Noel Ramirez and Deputy Taylor Lindsay, who were gunned down while eating at a Chinese restaurant in Trenton. We will
2: never understand why these heroes
5: were
4: taken from us so young and act so void of any reason. Like all of our brave law enforcement officers, Sergeant Ramirez and Deputy Sheriff Lindsay woke up each day and made the decision to courageously serve their community and
1: keep its residents safe. Their funeral was attended by hundreds of law enforcement personnel from all around the state and across the country. Investigators are still trying to determine a motive for the killer who died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound in the restaurant's parking lot. Meanwhile, Governor Rick Scott will be in Ocala today to recognize the heroes of last Friday's school shooting. His office says the governor will present medals to the staff and law enforcement at Forest High School who intervened to keep students safe. The ceremony will take place at the Marion County Emergency Operations Center. One student sustained a a non-life-threatening injury before the gunman was taken into custody. He was shot in the ankle. Out west, the suspect in the shooting of two Dallas police officers is behind bars. Police Chief Renee Hall said Armando Juarez was taken into custody after a police chase last night. He's facing multiple counts of aggravated assault on a police officer as well as charges for an outstanding warrant for uh, theft. A woman who was with Juarez when he was arrested is also in police custody. Chief Hall said the two police officers and a Home Depot loss prevention officer are out of surgery. He didn't say what their conditions were, but the two cops were previously said to be critically injured. Back here closer to home, the judge in the case of accused cop killer Markeith Lloyd is pushing lawyers for both sides to continue their preparations so the trial can start on time in September. At a hearing yesterday, Judge Frederick Lawton ordered both sides to meet every other Friday to go over issues like evidence and who the witnesses will be, said to be some 190 people, Lloyd is charged with the murders of Lieutenant Deborah Clayton and pregnant ex-girlfriend Sade Dixon in late 2016 and early 2017.
0: So it would already be more than a year and a half before the trial starts, and now they may delay it beyond that. Yes. Yeah, I'm making room for that in the What's Bugging the Budman segment in our, well, about 7.40 this morning. I mean, this is outrageous.
1: It really is. When you get to
0: a death penalty case like this, you get tied up in knots and it takes forever. All right. Well, this won't bug the Bud Man.
1: Finally, a simple everyday gesture is how a mother honors a deputy killed in the line of duty. Norma Lewis was at Valencia College last night where Orange County Deputy Norman Lewis and other fallen officers were honored by the School of Public Safety. Deputy Lewis died in a crash while pursuing Markeith Lloyd last year. That's right. And his mom says she honors her son by giving hugs. She tells Orlando Sentinel Norman always believed a hug would make his day. And she encourages others to make sure they hug someone as well.
0: That's wonderful. Norman Lewis was known as kind of the gentle giant. He was a big, big yes. man with a big, big heart. And um, great story on his mom there. And
1: unfortunately, he's not included in the charges against Mark Keith Lloyd. His death was a result of an accident as they were pursuing Lloyd. Yes. But he is not considered, uh, you know, he's not facing charges, but his death is, you know, of course, tied Related. to that. Yeah, absolutely. No WFLA News Time at 708, and you can read about how you can make your wallet great again at 1025 WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now.
0: News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. In a moment, a plan for congressional term limits, I'll bet you've never heard before. And um, it's a Florida congressman who's come up with it. I'll tell you what he has in mind, and we'll just talk about whether or not this might actually get this job done. Deb was talking about the Make Your Wallet Great Again contest. You can win your share right now of $880,000 in our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Here's what you do. You need to listen now for the new key word of the hour, then text that word to 200-200. You could be our next $1,000 winner, like we, the one we had recently up in Deltona. So we're going to have that right after a word from Deb, and then we're going to update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you. So stick around here, if you will, on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I think, um... Term limits in the state legislature and in many other places in Florida, the local and state level, have served us very, very well. We've advocated for congressional term limits as well. But you know what? The argument always is it's never going to happen because members of Congress will never vote for term limits because they want those cushy, power-laden jobs forever. So it never happens. It would require amending the United States Constitution, which has only been done 17 times beyond the 10 amendments in the Bill of Rights in the history of the Republic. It takes a very high bar to clear in order to get a congressional amendment or a constitutional amendment approved. Uh, it requires two-thirds vote of both uh, the House and the Senate, and ratification by three-fourths of the state legislatures. I mean... It's a very, very high bar, and the Founding Fathers quite rightly made it so. So congressional term limits remain an elusive dream. Here's a new approach to it from Southwest Congressman, Southwest Florida Congressman, Republican Francis Rooney out of Naples, okay? Here's what he writes on his website. It is a new approach to congressional term limits, and I want to know whether or not you think this could work. I see one flaw in it but it's got a better shot than amending the constitution will ever have here's what he writes among other things when my home state of florida passed term limits seventy six percent of sunshine state voters voted in favor of it in fact florida is one of fifteen states to currently have legislative term limits A nationwide poll conducted by McLaughlin and Associates found that 82% of voters support congressional term limits, including 89% of Republicans, 83% of Independents, and 76% of Democrats. Heretofore, federal term limit discussions have focused on proposals which require amending the Constitution, and then talks about how difficult that is to do, as I just discussed. Well, then Rooney writes this. Along with seven of my fellow congressmen, I have introduced the Thomas Jefferson Public Service Act of 2018. This proposal offers a means of effectively putting term limits in place without amending the Constitution. The act will reduce the salary of an elected member of Congress to $1 a year after they serve 6 Consecutive terms in the House or two consecutive terms in the Senate, that would be 12 years in either case, and does not require a constitutional amendment. It's named for Thomas Jefferson because he was one of the founding fathers who refused to consider public service as an unending career. The whole idea with the founding fathers was you'd come out of the private sector in your private lives to serve in the public interest as an elected official and then you'd go back into private life, okay? And it hasn't really worked that way, has it? So at any rate, the idea that Rooney has here is if you could get term limits this way, the regular rotation of elected officials would stimulate more fresh ideas, make our legislators more independent in Congress. It's worked at the state level. It's worked in other states as well. I think it's a great, great idea. I think there is one flaw here, though. I want to know what you think of Florida Congressman Francis Rooney's term limit plan. It does get around the need for a constitutional amendment. But I do have one particular question. Kudos to him for some creative thinking here. He's getting a lot of attention with it. Will this get enough traction? Could it pass? And would it, would it effectively institute term limits? What do you think? 407 916 Join me. Text me at 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. Southwest Florida Republican Congressman Francis Rooney has come up with a novel approach to getting congressional term limits passed and on the books that doesn't require a constitutional amendment to do it. You know, uh, it's hard to get Congress to vote itself that kind of a limitation. They like the gig too much. They want it as long as they can keep getting reelected, and they will keep running until they drop. Under the Rooney plan, there would be no limit on the number of terms a U.S. House member or senator could serve. Technically no limit. But after 12 years in either case, the salary for those legislators moving forward would drop from 174000 a year now, I think it is, to $1 a year. And most would say, I can't afford to stay in Washington on that. I'm out. They would term limit themselves. Would that work? Yaffe, it would not require the constitutional amendment that um, we've always believed is the only way we could get congressional term limits.
5: You know, I don't know. <laughs> I think maybe it would, but I'm not, a, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I don't think it will ever pass. Here that's is a thing.
0: He, well, that's an interesting question. I don't have the answer to that. He thinks it has a shot. He's got sponsors, really. et cetera, hmm. and growing interest in it. Now, it may be lip service, okay? But, yeah, I think it is. But here's the, here's the problem with this. Only the rich lawmakers would yep. be able to just continue in perpetuity.
5: That's a good point. I don't
0: know what that does for the health of the institution.
5: That that's a that's an excellent point because that is exactly what would happen. Yeah, and I, it I could breed. In it. it could breed corruption as well, since they're not making money from their salary. They're going to try to make money, you know, other ways.
0: Ah, yeah, to cling to power any yeah. way you can, right?
5: Yeah, so it yeah. might. You know, they might buddy buddy up with lobbyists more because of that.
0: It was on Brett Baer on uh, Fox Special Report the other night, and I had this thing earmarked uh, last week. I said, I want to bring this up. and There's been so much breaking news, so much going on. I didn't have a chance to do it. But he is getting attention and attraction. Uh, and, and some traction on this, we will see. But uh,
5: Well, I think there's a lot of people that want term limits and just feel like it's never going to happen.
0: Well, the polls are out there across party lines. Yeah. Um, people want it but by landslide majorities and then some, okay? Um, and I think people have just given up hope. You know? Yeah, I witness, think so too. Witness the fact that you know otherwise you would expect that our phone lines and our text lines would be full on this. And I think people are just saying, nice try, Congressman, but it ain't <laughs> happening. That's
5: exactly right. Yeah. That was my first thought.
0: Yeah, that's right. You even stopped listening to the segment.
5: <laughs> I would never do no, such a thing. No, you would never but... do that,
0: but you'd be entitled <laughs> this morning because you're doing everything with Stephanie out sick this morning. We wish her well. Hey, listen, Um, download the absolutely free, totally redesigned, phenomenal iHeartRadio app and see what it can do for your ability to customize and enhance your listening experience to all our shows here on WFLA. Good morning, Orlando, Glenn Beck, Rush Limbaugh, Dave Ramsey, Yaffe when he's on in prime time, and all of our other shows around the clock seven days a week. And it taps you into being able to draw on every one of our iHeartRadio Radio stations, more than 800 of them all around the country, with every music and talk format on earth. The free iHeartRadio app. Download it. You'll love it. In a moment, Deborah Roberts checks in from the newsroom with more on this uh, milestone development in the wake of the uh, school massacre in Broward County, the Stoneman Douglas Commission holding its first meeting. And this is curious, a candy company partnering with Corona. Aren't those the cigar folks? Partnering with Corona for new gummies? I don't know where Deb Meister gets this stuff, but I'm glad she keeps getting it because it's good listening, isn't it? Deborah Roberts with the news here at the bottom of the hour for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Coming up on 730. In the aftermath of the Broward County School massacre earlier this year, an important milestone. Deborah Roberts reporting on that as she joins us again for the news update. Deb?
1: A state panel investigating February school shooting in Parkland, Bud, holds its first meeting without Broward Sheriff Scott Israel. But Pinellas County Sheriff Bob Gualtieri says Israel wanted to be there.
2: The only reason why Sheriff Israel isn't here today is because I asked him not to be here. Because I believe that the commission will want to hear from Sheriff Israel later. And I felt it was important at this juncture that we establish a solid foundation for the commission's work before hearing testimony from key witnesses.
1: Sheriff Israel has taken a lot of heat for the way his people responded to the shooting in Parkland. That's just one of many issues being investigated by the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School Public Safety Commission. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. There is a new gummy candy that might be for adults only. Candy store Sugarfina has joined with Corona Light Beer, and together they've come up with beer-flavored gummies.
0: Oh, I thought it was the Corona cigar people when I saw your headline. I speculated on that. We're talking Corona beer. Corona beer. Okay, how does yeah. this work now?
1: Well, but first, cerveza comes in the shape of a Corona Light bottle and allegedly tastes like the beer. Mm. here for a good lime is shaped like a slice of lime and tastes citrusy the gummies are actually alcohol free they launched online sales this week and will be in stores by may 1st in plenty of time for your single de mayo party
0: Ah, so what are they? I mean, they're like they're bite size, right? Yeah, yeah, little gummy candies. Look like little Corona beer bottles.
1: Little Corona beer bottles and little slices of lime. I'm shocked
5: this has not existed until now. I am as well. I'm very surprised at that.
1: You'd Uh, think they would have come out years ago. I know. It's going to be popular. Very.
0: You know, I don't mind a beer when I'm out. You know, doing yard work on a hot summer day, I enjoy that taste. But there's something weird when you know when you're getting a taste. From a food that doesn't look like it ought to look. You right, know? exactly. From but a gummy? A,
5: but it's a gummy. Gummies are flavored gummies all are, kinds of different that's,
0: stuff. Well, that's supposed to taste like fruit, isn't it?
5: I don't it tastes know. Tastes like beer. Would you? I think it's going to be popular. He's being a stickler. I know
0: you're not a drinker. Maybe this is the way you get your beer, Yaffe.
1: <laughs> Maybe.
0: <laughs> Maybe.
1: <laughs> hmm, they need to come up with whiskey-flavored gummies.
5: <laughs>
0: For the dead Yeah. Go All ahead.
1: right, on to uh, some football news of note. Uh, our own super producer, Mike Yaffe, is a super Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. He is, big time. And uh, you may not know this, Mike, but they plan to use a parrot to help deliver the name of their first ro- fourth-round draft pick on Saturday. What? Yes. The NFL announced Monday that a parrot will deliver the team's pick to a, announce on a pirate ship in Raymond James Stadium. The bird, named Zaza, is from the Florida Exotic Bird Sanctuary. Now, while no other teams are going to the birds for day three of the NFL draft, which kicks off with the first round tomorrow night, right. Thursday night, mm-hmm. other teams will announce their picks for rounds four through six in unique ways. Here they are. The Minnesota Vikings will have members of the gold medal-winning U.S. Men's Olympic Curling Team announce picks from St. Paul Curling Club. Yeah, because they're from Minnesota. Minnesota. Say it right. Minnesota. Sorry. The San Francisco 49ers pick will be announced from Lucasfilm, where Ron Howard and Star Wars characters such as Chewbacca, Stormtroopers, and R2D2 will make picks along with the 49ers prep flag football team. Members of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School football team will announce the Miami Dolphins picks along with the family of late football coach Aaron Feiss, one of the 17 people killed in the mass shooting
0: at the school in Parkland. Oh my goodness, that gives me chills. Yeah, The wow. Cleveland
1: Browns will have their picks announced at the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio by Hall of Fame President David Baker and youth football players. Boomer Esiason and high school football players will make the picks for the New York Jets. From the Intrepid Sea, Air, and Space Museum in New York City.
0: Are you going through all 32 teams here? No, I only have two more to go. <laughs> i to, to blow out the next talk segment here. Go ahead. All right, we can keep going.
1: Former Raven and Hall of Fame offensive tackle Jonathan Ogden and high school football players will make the Baltimore Ravens picks from the USS Constellation. And finally, Budman. Yes. Buffalo Bills legend Thurman Thomas will announce the team's picks along with youth fo- uh, flag football players from Niagara Falls.
0: Very interesting. You know what's amazing? The NFL has found another way to keep them making news twelve months a year.
1: Yeah, because it used to just be they announced the name and oh, yeah. yay, great, we got this guy. This is
5: actually pretty smart because they're trying to get more ratings for the for the draft. So.
1: And just like the gummies, I'm surprised that this is the first time the NFL has thought outside the box when it comes to announcing draft
0: round picks. Well, it's interesting, and and hey. Mission accomplished. They're in the news. They yeah. just got the Debmeister Meister to do the longest news story of the year <laughs> on Good Morning Orlando. So yeah. they got it done. It's very interesting <laughs> and, stuff, And
5: though. thank you for leaving out the Patriots.
1: I yeah. appreciate it. You know, that. you're welcome. I think on. that's why he's over there steaming a little bit about <laughs> the clock. If it had been about the Patriots, he'd have just let me keep going. <laughs> yep.
0: Belichick's not putting up on any of that nonsense. No, he's it, it, not. It, it wasn't a Patriot thing, right? No. Yeah. Because who cares? Here's who we're picking. <laughs> Here's who we're picking next. You know? We don't care. Old school. We don't Old care. school. Thanks, Deb. Patriot. What? Nothing. What? Did Nothing. She's you... talking under her breath over there. <laughs> I used to get sent to my room by my mother. And says, You stop talking under your breath, buddy. I heard that all the time. <laughs> you did it and I just reacted to it. <laughs> anyway. I'll be back at eight. Very bad flashback there to my youth. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) coming up here in a moment under the category of what is bugging the bud man. We need to talk about the Markeith Lloyd trial for the cop killer. How long is this thing going to be delayed? How long is it going to take until we have justice? And there's an Orange County tax hike proposal that just got put on hold. And I'm glad about that, but I don't like this plan. Have you heard about it? You will in a moment. We'll have that, and we'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well for you in two minutes. Stick around on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Oh, these Democrats, they never met a tax hike they don't like. This time I'm talking about this movement for a tax to help poor kids in Orange County that Dick Batchelor, noted Democrat, longtime children's advocate who's done a lot of good work in this town over many, many years, also is an experienced legislative lobbyist, you know, and uh, he wants something put on the ballot in Orange County to see if he can get voters to approve a half-mill property tax increase. That'll be $50 for every $100,000 in taxable property value. They say 8 to $9 a month for the average homeowner. It'll be a lot more than that for many. To raise $58 million a year for programs to aid poor children in Orange County being underserved. He cites a study showing 7,000 homeless kids in the school system in Orange County, 14,000 of them are um, victims of child abuse, more than 3,000 on a wait list for early childhood education, and we're just not being fair. We're underserving these kids. We don't have enough money. So he needs to get the county commission to greenlight this and approve it before he can even get it on the ballot. And Teresa Jacobs, who's the mayor, term limited out, who was running for Orange County School Board chairman, to her credit, has said no. Last night, they they tabled this. They decided they're going to do more study on the needs of kids here. She's not going to green light this. She says, independent agencies like the one that Bachelor's trying to set up, this children's trust, as it's known, are unaccountable to the general public. And she says, I don't think that people who were never elected should be able to tax and spend our tax dollars. She says, we're the politicians who are elected, not perfect, and there are plenty of bad elected officials, but what makes us accountable is we have to stand for election every four years. And, and I think she's right on that. You know, once this thing was established, these unaccountable members of the Children's Trust who you know, it would be a mix of the governors, appointees, county officials, etc., they would have the power to raise, levy, and spend taxes without any voter accountability. They say we need more for the poor kids. Bang, could make it happen. And, and this should not be. So I'm opposed to this. I would also say to the mayor, who I'm sure doesn't want to hear this, you have a $4 billion annual budget to run Orange County we're talking, bachelors talking, $58 million more million a year for the poor kids in our school system. Can't you move the money around? $58 million, as much as it sounds like, is like spitting in the ocean next to the $4 billion Orange County budget. If you feel, mayor and the county commission, that this is a high-priority item... Grab a little here, grab a little there, take some from over there, put it together, make a fifty-eight million dollar pot, and let's do this. Now nobody's talking, of course, about that. The other thing that is bugging the Bud Man here: headline in the Orlando Sentinel. More than hundred and ninety witnesses may delay the accused cop killer Mark Heath lawyer's trial. Mark Heath Lloyd's trial. He killed uh, Deborah Clayton. He's accused of killing his uh, officer Deborah Clayton in cold blood outside the Walmart. You remember that the beginning of last year, also is accused of killing his uh, girlfriend and her pregnant child earlier than that. Already we're talking about more than a year and a half for this thing, Markeith Lloyd, to come to trial. And now they're saying because they are going to have to do discovery on all of these witnesses, both sides are going to have to interview every one of the 194 witnesses, that we can't even start the Markeith Lloyd trial. It's a death penalty case late this summer, like they said, which is already too late, so much for a speedy trial and justice for those left behind at the hands of this killer. You, more than a year and a half. I mean, it's going to be two years before this thing even goes to trial. Our criminal justice system is so tied up in knots whenever it is a death penalty case. How could it be that they could try, convict, and execute The conspirators in the assassination of Abraham Lincoln in about 10 weeks, and we can't put a slam-dunk case of a cop killer to trial probably within two years, Yaffe. Things in the criminal justice system in that regard have not evolved to get better over the years. They are worse.
5: Yeah, I hear a lot of different arguments against the death penalty, and usually I think most of them I don't agree with. The one I kind of do sometimes is the fact that when you go through a death penalty case, stuff like this happens. It either takes forever for the trial to go forward, there's countless appeal after appeal after appeal, and it ends up being 30 years before they're executed. It just seems like a giant waste of time. Um, that's the one big problem that I see with the death penalty.
0: Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's all part of the effort to completely undermine the death penalty, all right? So you still have it on the books. But you can't get it done.
5: Right. I mean, I support the death penalty just like you do, but, man, I agree with you. It's just
0: ridiculous. That's what's bugging the bud, man, and maybe it's bugging you as well. One of the things I love about this job is I just get an opportunity to say, all right, I'm talking about this. (sighs) Get it off my chest. I feel better already, even though both these stories make me a little sick. Anyway, coming up, the Rush Morning Update. Don't miss it, along with an update I'll have in two minutes for you on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Good morning, Orlando. Wednesday morning on the 50,000-watt front porch. Gee, it's a beautiful day out there. Looks like it's going to be wonderful the whole way. Uh, we have one hour to go. I want to ask you, in the midst of a, um, a huge controversy over in Sarasota, Florida south of the Tampa Bay area, what you think is appropriate punishment, if any, for a student who issued online an invitation to a girl he wanted to take to the prom, and the poster that he took a shot of that went up online and social media around the world and has just created a furor, said this, If I was black, I'd be picking cotton. But I'm white, so I'm picking you for prom, question mark. Okay? Kid's an idiot. But there are those who are saying he should be permanently expelled from his high school, and there are those who are saying that he ought to have all kinds of severe uh, discipline and penalties, that he should not be allowed to return to any school in the area really? The kid's an idiot. The comment's offensive. But I think that's overkill. I want to know what you think. I'll tell you what the kid is saying. I'll tell you what the school is doing and contemplating from here. And I'll tell you what the kid's mom and dad are saying. And and I'll tell you what I think needs to happen and what needs not to happen here in Sarasota. It's coming up, and I'll definitely want you to join me for the conversation in the next hour. Good morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us here on a beautiful Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you. Right now on News Radio 1025 WFLA, I'm Bud Hedinger.
1: And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the Stoneman Douglas Commission holds its first meeting, and Patrick Murphy and David Jolly might run for governor. On the same ticket. And like the Bud Man said, even though they're not in the same party, we'll have the details coming up in one minute.
0: And we need to talk about this Florida kid who's created a Fuhrer with what's viewed as a racist prom invitation. What ought to happen to him? We'll talk it over together next on Good Morning Orlando. (laughs)
1: And good Wednesday morning it's 804 on News Radio 1025 the chairman of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School Public Safety Commission says they have plenty of video recorded during the massacre of Valentine's Day but Parkland parent Max Schachter wants to make sure the videos are not aired when the panel is meeting in public the families of the 17 victims are trying to prevent the release of that video I would like that video
5: not to be uh, released to the public and not shown in this forum. If we'd like to look at that in a private setting, I would prefer that tremendously.
1: Schachter lost his son, Alex, in the massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. He's one of three Parkland parents serving on the commission. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The court date's being pushed back for the man accused of killing four people in a Tennessee Waffle House. Travis Ranking's first court appearance was scheduled for today, but it's now being postponed to May 7th because of scheduling conflicts between the lawyers. The 29-year-old Ranking is accused of opening fire at a Waffle House in a Nashville suburb early Sunday morning, killing four and wounding several others. The finances of the Florida Democratic Party are under scrutiny. The Federal Election Commission is asking party officials to explain how a federal account ended up with a nearly $160,000 deficit last November. The Naples Daily News reports the deficit was discovered around the time when former party chairman Stephen Biddle resigned. He stepped down amid accusations of inappropriate conduct involving women in the office. A report out this week indicated that former Florida Congressman Patrick Murphy and David Jolly might be considering a run for the governor's race on the same ticket. What makes this stand out? Murphy is a Democrat and Jolly is a Republican. University of Central Florida political scientist Aubrey Jewett says this kind of ticket would definitely not be run-of-the-mill.
3: It would be unusual to say the least. We, We have had folks who have run as independents and of course we have had folks that had a reputation for being bipartisan but this would definitely be unusual.
1: Yeah Murphy admits that some of his supporters suggested he commission a poll on the idea and while he didn't say no he didn't say yes either.
0: More and more people, though, are fed up with both parties. That's
1: why I'm a strong independent voter. I don't, yeah. tr- I, I'm just, yes. But they
0: might actually have something here. Yes. It's very intriguing for me to think over how this might work. We may have to spend a little time here on the 50,000 watt front porch downstream talking about this.
1: Anytime I can help you do some show prep, Budman, I'm here
0: for you. Goodness knows I need all the help I can get.
1: No, not at all. There's Good plenty to, to app- talk about. You're welcome. Hey, and the California college professor who insulted former First Lady Barbara Bush shortly after her death won't be punished. Fresno State University English professor Rhonda Jarar tweeted last week that the former First Lady was, quote, an amazing racist, end quote, who, quote, raised a war criminal, end quote. FSU president, that's Fresno State University president, Joseph Castro, says a review of the case shows Gerard didn't violate any CSU or university policies. Castro says although Gerard's comments are disgraceful, they're protected free speech under the First Amendment.
0: Incredible. Yeah. And she did so much work, you know, for literacy, where where she was reaching out to, to you know, economically uh,
1: disadvantaged disadvantage
0: kids, kids of, you know, yeah. who were black, who were brown, who were white. I, 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 oh my God, that is, that is, that is so offensive to me.
1: And I remember when she tweeted that out and people were giving her blowback and she said, don't, uh, I'm, nothing's going to happen to me. I'm a tenured professor. Wow. Yeah. And finally, here's some good news. Yeah. Orlando International Airport, if you have not heard, is now the busiest airport in Florida. The latest rankings from Airports Council International show OIA moving up from number two, surpassing Miami International. Orlando is also a number 11 in the country, up from number 13, and 39th in the world, up from 41. Annual passenger traffic, if you've been at the airport and it seems really busy, well, you're not you're not guessing wrong. Orlando International now exceeds 45 million people, up more than 7% over last year's record levels.
0: How about that? it's a beautiful airport, it too. It really is. It's crowded, but I mean, it, it's, it's as airports go, my favorite. I, I like it. I do, too. It's beautiful convenient i don't like
1: the lines but other than that yeah or the trams the shuttle trains they got to fix those still they got problems with them? No, well, they're they're recently. continuing. Yeah, they're they're still having issues. I'm just hoping they don't break down when I take that summertime flight and then you've got to walk back to the airport, you know. And, I remember when that happened a few months oh. ago. WFLA News Time at eight oh eight. Read about 13 trucks parking under an over a highway overpass to save a suicidal man at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News
0: Radio 1025. This is Good Morning Orlando. In a moment, we're going to talk about what ought to happen or not happen to the Florida high school student who's been branded a racist for this idiotic, um, proposal. Yeah, prom proposal, promposal they call yeah. them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, we'll get into that here in just a moment. But, Deb, you're going to be back with us in half an hour for your weekly 840 Thursday or Wednesday a.m. legal brief segment with attorney Jeff Kaufman. What are you guys going to focus on today?
1: Well, I'm going to ask him about uh, speaking of First Amendment rights, uh, a la that California professor. The Texas, uh, out in Texas, their Supreme Court this week struck down a law against revenge porn, which in this day and age of social media and posting pictures of someone without their consent they struck it down. I want to ask about on the grounds that it's First Amendment free speech. But what about the victims of revenge porn?
0: Very good question for Jeff Kaufman. I think you're also going to be popping him a question and give get an update on um, Trump's attorney Michael Cohen and it, all the drama there, right?
1: Exactly. And I also want to ask him about Mark Keith Lloyd and why we, as citizens of Orange County, have to wait this long. For Marquis Floyd to be going on trial, what is the process and why is it taking almost a year and a half after the senseless murders of an Orlando police lieutenant and his pregnant ex-girlfriend? Why? And and what are 190 people going to be witnesses to?
0: That's a question a lot of folks want an answer to. I railed on it in the last half hour. It'll be very interesting to have you and attorney Jeff Kaufman. Don't miss, gang, don't miss legal briefs with the Deb Meister and attorney Jeff Kaufman, who was awesome on this segment, coming up here at 840 this morning. In a moment, we're getting into this proposal nightmare here over in Sarasota. But in in one regard, I am going to take up for the kid on this. Stay tuned, and I'll explain, and we'll talk about it together. 407-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Right now, I need to stay tuned right now for your shot at winning your share of $880,000 in cash under Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest Coming right up in seconds, our new key word of the hour. Text that word at 200-200. You could be our next $1,000 winner. Had one recently in Volusia County. An update as well in Orlando's news, weather and traffic. And that's in only two minutes. Stay tuned on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm getting a little bit behind here, but let me set the table. It's prom season. Used to be real simple. You'd ask a girl you wanted to go after school, you know. Whether she wanted to go to the prom, she either said yes or no. She said, no, you found somebody else, and it was very simple. Nothing seems that simple anymore. And boy, is that ever true in this story. Let me take you to Sarasota and Riverview High School, where a guy who wanted a prom date and had a girl in mind posted a picture of himself on Snapchat holding a poster, this is last weekend, that read, this this kid's white, by the way, if I was black I'd be picking cotton but I'm white so I'm picking you for prom question mark Well the world has come down around him now the high school is deciding what kind of discipline would be appropriate here the NAACP has been brought in to the conversation there are those in the NAACP who are demanding the expulsion of this high school student for this racist prom invitation, or promposal as they call it today. And that there are those also within that organization that want him banned for forever returning to any public school in the Sarasota area. That seems like overkill to me. The kid is contrite. He says, now I want to sincerely apologize if I've offended anyone with the picture going around. That was not my intention. Anyone who knows me knows that's not how I truly feel. It was completely a joke, and it went too far. After reading the text and Snapchats, I truly see how I have offended people, and I am sorry. His family saying, we love our son dearly. Know he's a far better person than reflected in this reckless behavior. That said, his loving parents... We also feel compelled to share our own deep regret and serious concerns about his actions. And they go on to say this. The student, this is mom and dad, will not attend any school activities, including prom or graduation. As a family, we truly recognize this incident as a very difficult but important life lesson and pledge to do all we can to ensure that nothing like this ever happens. So he issues a um, prom invitation to the girl he wants to go with to the prom saying if i was black i'd be picking cotton but i'm white so i'm picking you for prom there's no question it's racist and and there's no question the kid's an idiot he's also very apologetic he's under enormous criticism his parents are disciplining him and as far as i'm concerned he has broken no laws here the discipline to me needs to begin and end where apparently it is being meted out at home within his family. And then he has to bear the slings and the arrows that will come as he moves about. But they should not expel him. The school should not suspend him. No other discipline by any other players ought to be meted out here. I think he's suffered enough. This is a family issue. The family's handling it. Why is that? Not sufficient is my question to you. What do you think is appropriate here? 407 916 5400 or text me at 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. Join the conversation on the 50,000 watt front porch. I really want to know whether you think I have it right or not. And we'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. This high school kid out in Sarasota admits it was a terrible mistake. His family's cracking down on him big time, and I think that's where it needs to end. When he posted online a prom invitation that said, if I were black, I'd be picking cotton, but I'm white, so I'm asking you to the prom. I'm picking you for the prom, okay? I mean, I'm sorry, Afi. I think this is where this needs to end. What are they trying to do? Just destroy this kid for this one bad decision.
5: I mean, that is what they're trying to do, it seems like. They're trying to destroy him.
0: Why is it important to destroy him?
5: I don't, you know, that's a good question. And this is just one of many cases where our too many people in our society want to do that. But we you can't just disagree, can't just be upset. You have to totally destroy the person. It's because I guess revenge is
0: number one in our
5: society now, and it's not
0: good. you got some great texts on the line.
5: Yeah, um, I have one text here from a black man. says, yes, it does offend me what the young boy said, um, but he should not be suspended being that he has already lost his date and he's dealing with public ridicule. He is still a child who made a mistake. He doesn't need to be burned forever.
0: Let's forgive and move on. Uh, Kudos to a man of color. Very reasonable, rational look at this thing.
5: Yeah. Another person said, "This kid's an idiot, like most other kids. That's what they do. They show lack of good judgment."
0: What about it, Juan? Good morning. You're on the phone with a Bud Man and Yaffe on this story out of Sarasota. How do you see it?
5: Yeah, I see it. I see expelling a child for doing something very stupid. Honestly, it was very stupid. But um, for uh, expelling them, I think it's extreme, and this should be. done as a learning um process not a let's let's tear this kid apart and then make him
2: potentially make him into a more dangerous you know or more you know more hateful
0: person you know person and his parents take care of him and discipline him it's overkill you're right it is and guess what the high school is now planning to um bring in speakers they're going to have an all student body conversation finding solutions to racial issues are you kidding me Enough's enough here. It's Here's Tony. Good morning, Tony. What do you think?
2: Boy, if I had to go to jail for the stupid things I've said in my life, I'd be doing 50 years to life, I guess. Man, I was thinking uh, something similar
0: to that when I put this together. Go ahead.
2: You know, but I'm but I'm telling you, if the kid wants to be a tenured university professor or a rap star, he needs to up his game a little bit. Because the filth I've heard and the disparaging remarks I've heard over the past couple of weeks about uh, Barbara Bush's death, and and the the filth that I hear from these rap songs from cars two two car lengths away from me, and the things that they're saying in this music and everything else, nobody looks for an apology or uh, any type of uh, uh, discipline from any of these people. Right. And 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 this kid, he made he said a stupid thing and he's got to pay this price, it's ridiculous.
0: It is ridiculous. I mean, if he had said in a prom invitation, not that if I were black, I'd be picking cotton, but I'm white, I'm picking you for prom, okay? It's a stereotype, and it's offensive to people of color. Of course, we get that. But he didn't put up there, I hate all black people. He didn't say anything like that. It's just unbelievable. People want to pound the flesh and then some, and they want to destroy this young man. It's, it's outrageous, and somebody needs to push back against this movement through the school, the school system, and the NAACP. This is not appropriate. This is overkill to destroy this young man. In a moment, Deborah Roberts check it in with the very latest news at the bottom of the hour, followed by her legal brief segment with attorney Jeff Kaufman uh, on Trump's embattled attorney Michael Cohen, what advice would he give him this morning? And text your legal questions now for attorney Kaufman to 23680, and uh, they may be addressed on the air. Do it now 23680 with standard message and data rates apply. As far as the news is concerned, the Stoneman Douglas Commission holding its first meeting a couple of months after the Broward County School massacre and a lottery ticket forgotten in a drawer is worth $4 million. Deb's got it all. All the news coming up. And good morning to you from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. Wednesday morning at 8.30. Debbie, good buddy, and, and ours as well. Attorney Jeff Kaufman is in the house for your legal brief segment. Uh, folks can text their legal questions right now to Attorney Kaufman at 23680. But in the meantime, you got a very important story unfolding south of here in Broward County. Yeah, where a
1: panel investigating the massacre at Stoneman Douglas High School will be getting an eyeful. Pinellas County Sheriff Bob Gualtieri, who chairs Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School Public Safety Commission, says they'll be reviewing a lot of video evidence from the shooting.
2: There is video from uh, within the school. It's hard to watch. And there's also cell phone video uh, from the kids as they were hunkered down in those classrooms. They were also taking uh, video. So there is a lot of video from a variety of sources.
1: The Parkland parents are trying to prevent that video from being released. Sheriff Gualtieri says commission members will review it privately and the video will not be played during any of their public meetings. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A lottery ticket forgotten in a drawer has turned out to be worth four million
0: dollars. I love these stories, but we all quietly get insanely jealous, don't we? We do. <laughs> and there's a
1: but not for what you think. Jeff Kretzer of Chesterfield, Virginia says he bought the $100 million cash extravaganza ticket and forgot about it after putting it in a drawer. Who can spend 100 bucks on a lottery ticket and then just drop it in a drawer and forget?
0: I could see you for 2 bucks or something, but yeah. not, a, not a C-note. Wow. He must be a high roller. Yeah,
1: no doubt. Over a month later, Kretzer came across the ticket and realized it was worth $4 million. He said he was stunned from the surprise. Speaking of being stunned <laughs> by a surprise, finally, a man who run the London Marathon in an inflatable T-Rex costume is getting 26
0: miles in an inflatable dinosaur costume (laughs) yes sir what a catch this guy is
1: exactly
0: wait till (laughs) you read why
1: rory the dinosaur aka chris jones took a break from the marathon sunday to propose to his human girlfriend katie and she said yes even dressed as a dinosaur jones was running beside his future father-in-law who was dressed as a Jurassic Park ranger. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? That's
0: crazy, Brits.
1: And he ran the marathon to raise money for the Evelina London Children's Hospital.
0: Oh, that's a good cause. Good stuff. Thank you, Deb. You're welcome, Indy. Is a good catch. And we're gearing up for the legal brief segment with Attorney Kaufman. Yes, we are. Uh, you can text your questions. Standard
1: message and data rates apply. But uh, 23680, go ahead. If you want some excellent free legal advice, this is a great opportunity But we're going to have lots to talk about with Attorney Kaufman. lots of national stories that made the news, and even some that we haven't talked about yet that I wanted to get his take on.
0: Legal briefs coming right up.
1: And it's time as it is every Wednesday morning at 840 or thereabout for legal briefs with attorney Jeff Kaufman, nationally recognized personal injury attorney, licensed in 18 states. Good morning, Jeff. Welcome back to the 50,000 watt front porch.
4: Love sitting on the porch with you, Deb.
1: All right. We got a lot to get to. So let's go ahead and dive in with both feet. Let's start off with uh, the, the Michael Cohen case. We've been following this closely. President Trump's personal attorney, Been a lot of news this week about whether he is going to flip or not flip on the president, president tweeting out some things about presidential pardons. So there's the question now, if you were Michael Cohen's attorney, what would you recommend flip or not
4: flip? It's really Michael Cohen's decision. I mean, he's an attorney. Uh, I've had this issue come up and I actually am currently sitting in this issue where uh, a client has told me something and um, the people on the other side are trying to force me to tell what my client told. And, that's a decision you have to make, and if a judge says you have to tell us, you know what you know, that's going to be a tough decision. Me, I would never tell. I just going to. You'd have to. You'd have to take you. I would be in jail for that because I don't. You know, I take that oath very seriously, and there's a fine line between a judge telling you to do something and your own personal oath to keep somebody's uh, uh, conversations privileged. So, for me, it wouldn't be a decision. They would. I'd be sitting there waiting for the judge to say, "Okay, he's not going to say anything." You know, 100 days, 200 days, 500 days. I don't care. That's um, I, n- I would never reveal what my client told me. It wouldn't matter what the issue was.
1: And don't you find that a lot of attorneys feel that way? No, that, I mean,
4: that's really no most would cave. Really?
1: Yeah, I guess when faced with significant jail time, I guess that's what it would yeah. depend
4: on, right? If yeah, it's most, most jail attorneys time. would cave. And I'm not saying that I know a lot of good attorneys who who take this unbelievably serious for me. It's not even a question. You wouldn't get me to speak to save my life. Sorry, and I love my family and everything else, but my wife knows I would do time rather than turn a client in.
1: Wow, that's good to know.
4: Yeah, We'll Well, give
1: you details uh, uh, at the end of this segment on how you can contact Attorney Jeff Kaufman if you want to put his uh, privacy as well as his legal expertise (laughs) on your side. Well, we've got Bill Cosby. Jurors are uh, now deliberating or starting their deliberations today. The comedian and TV sitcom dad accused of three counts of aggravated indecent assault in 2004. This is his retrial what do you see happening? Are there, is it, what's going to happen?
4: You know, this is a case that you just take your coin out, you flip it in the air, and you see what you've got. Um, it's, not as, it's not as clear cut as some of the other cases we talk about. This is clearly what they call a he said, she said issue. Right. If they believe him, he wins. If they believe her, she wins. Uh, also, your jury type is going to be important, too. Uh, like in the OJ case, for example, when they moved that case out of Brentwood into Los Angeles, and the jury was made up of eleven, you know, ninety nine percent minority. You know, he was guaranteed to walk because you know people felt that he might have been taken advantage of. Uh, this case is kind of the same way because that jury is made up of people who might have a lot of love for him. Uh, it just really depends. I, I, if anybody's calling this, you know, they're full of it. It's just, it's a coin flip. It really, really is. Yeah.
1: Well, we got an interesting text in from a uh, listener. You can send it to two three six eight zero. Standard message and data rates apply. Um, Quote, my kid's father lives in Ohio and has been skipping out on child support for four years now. He's 17 grand behind. Florida maintains the order, but the father reports to court in Ohio, showing doctor's notes for a bad back, but no action plan to fix it. Is there anything I can do?
4: He still owes us money. If he says, even in Ohio, because I'm licensed in Ohio, too, you have to have a change in circumstance to be able to say, listen, I I don't have to pay my out. my alimony, my child support, whatever. And it only starts the minute you file that change of support. You can't just claim I can't afford it. You got to go to court and that's when the time frame starts. Okay. So he still owes you that money and a lot of states will hold him to it. They'll pull his license, they'll do a lot of things. I mean, but sometimes he'll go in and he goes, I can't work, I can't work and they'll feel bad for him. But he's still going to owe that money. They're not going to release him out of his obligation.
1: Now, can she come in and make an appointment with you and maybe retain you as her personal attorney and maybe put his feet to the fire? Because apparently these notes about a bad back from the doctor are working because he's $17,000 behind.
4: Well, if it's in an Ohio court, he's going to need an Ohio family court attorney. I don't do family law. I can put him in the right direction as far as that goes. But, uh, yeah, she needs an attorney in Ohio.
1: Okay. And lastly... Uh, We've been doing this story this morning, and both Bud and I had our hair on fire about the fact that the trial for Mark Keith Lloyd is just—yesterday it was announced that it might be delayed because they're thinking that there's going to be 190 witnesses that might testify. What? Why is this taking so
4: long? As a defendant or a plaintiff in any case, you have a right to depose everybody else's witness. Now, if he's being represented by the public defender, I don't personally, in any case, I'm not going to allow— I'm not going to cross examine a witness unless I depose them. I want I want to sit down, ask them questions. I want to spend two, three hours with them and figure out what they're going to say. And in these cases, there's a ridiculous amount of discovery, meaning there's evidence out there. They have to talk to these people. They have to get them in a room. They got to tape them. They got they're called depositions. If they have to depose 190 people, that could take two years. So this is just this is not people trying to delay the system. This is making sure if you're an attorney to make sure that that you know everything you're going to know, you're not going to cross-examine somebody that you've never spoken to before. That's malpractice. That's, you can't, even if he deserves to suffer greatly because of what we believe, you know, justice is justice. He's allowed to get representation, and I'm not, let's just say I'm not fond of this case, but I do understand the need to go through the process. What what makes, why aren't you fond about this case? I I don't like anybody who kills people. I mean, they said these are tough cases. I I don't like, um... Anytime you know something's like a cut-and-dry case and you know you're going through the motions solely because the person's trying to milk the system. get less. Not milk the system. Get, get less. I mean, they have a right to defend themselves. And, you know, sometimes these are cut-and-dry cases. Hey, listen, you got videotape. You got sworn statement. He admitted it. But he still has his day in court. And he has nothing to lose by going to trial. Right. Unless they offer him something better. If they offer him life or they offer him something else. But if there's a death penalty on the table, it's just something else. They have to take something off the table for him to say oh yeah this is a better deal than me going to trial. All right. And lastly, I'm, I'm going to try and sneak this in real
1: quick. A I'll Texas try to appeals be quick. court a Texas appeals court struck down the state's revenge porn law, stating it was unconstitutional and violated the 1st Amendment in the US Constitution, which has been the question around the country as these revenge porn law laws were taking place. What about the victims' rights in Texas if if someone Puts pictures of you nude or semi-nude. What about your rights against the Fourth Amendment of illegal search and seizure? Don't you don't your rights apply?
4: Um, you're asking yourself that question. Whose rights are more important? Exactly. The the rights of of the Constitution give you just because. It, let's say I said to you, Deb. I said, Deb, I don't like you, and I say a bunch of things about uh, your personal features. Right. And they say, Oh, she's hurt. She suffered everything else like that. And now we're going to pass a law that Jeff's not, that nobody is allowed to talk about anybody because people are hurt by it. Yeah, but it's different when it's nude pictures. Is it, what's different if somebody says, hey, listen, you cheated on your spouse 10 years ago? Some people would rather have nude pictures than that. There's always going to be a a balancing test on what offends people. And in Texas, that's what they ruled. Now, the question is how this will apply to other states? It really doesn't because every state, every state can have their own case law. So if Florida has case law that supports it, they don't have to listen to the Texas case law. But if there's no Florida case law, then the Texas law will come in just as a reference for the Florida judge to maybe go by. But he doesn't have to. Well, now
1: you know why attorney Jeff Kaufman is nationally recognized in 18 states, licensed in 18 states. Personal injury attorney, you can reach him all the time. So easy to reach you, right, Jeff?
4: absolutely it's at when you need us.com. and really jeff, simple
1: yeah or uh email them at jeff at when you need us.com. thank you once again for joining us on the fifty thousand watt front porch we'll see you again next wednesday love being with you deb yeah we love being with you too jeff and get ready because the bud man is coming back on news radio one oh two five wfla
0: you know it'd be wonderful if all of our listeners could be with us the entire three hours we joke about it on occasionally you know is uh, that you need to be here for the whole three hours we know that's Not possible for too many. There's one story that uh, is a big story that we got into in detail right as we came on the air at 6 o'clock this morning. And for those of you who are late arrivals on the 50,000-watt front porch, I do not believe that President Trump is going to get his pick confirmed to run the Veterans Administration, the massive 370,000-employee bureaucracy. We're talking about his personal doctor, Admiral Ronnie Jackson. Um, All kinds of allegations against him from his past are surfacing and they're coming across party lines and to the point now where the confirmation hearings in Congress have been indefinitely delayed. um, There are allegations that while he was the doctor for um, President Obama during his two terms that he was often drunk at the White House, that sometimes he berated him. Uh, workers who were below him, created a toxic uh, work environment, uh, that he passed out prescription drugs like candy on overseas trips to staff members to put them to sleep, to wake them up, controlled substances. He says he can answer all of these questions, and he sounds interested in continuing with the confirmation process. But these allegations, Yaffe, coupled with the fact that undeniably he doesn't have any experience directly in running a massive bureaucracy like this, uh, he's a wonderful doctor and an admiral. And uh, I, to me, I think he comports himself beautifully. Trump holds him in high regard personally, he says he's one of the finest people he's ever met. But the experience issue was always going to be a hurdle for Ronnie Jackson, I think, okay? But now all of these things that are coming up here, uh, I I think either the president is going to just say, "I, I want this nomination pulled, go back to being my doctor, Ronnie, or he is leaning already on him to take himself out of contention. It sounded to me the way the president spoke yesterday, that he was essentially telling Ronnie, here's your way out. Don't go through this process. It's going to be too ugly. You shouldn't put up with it. Essentially saying, get out.
5: So you think there might be a fire by tweet coming up Ooh, for this guy?
0: I hope not. I think he likes him too much personally. I think that he will, he'll talk to him personally. I think. Right. I think. Okay. And, and that Ronnie Jackson, and very soon, maybe even today, will say, you know what, I, um, I'm not going through this. Okay? So I'm out. We'll see. That's my prediction. We talked about it earlier at great length. For Deb... For Yaffe, and we wish Steph well as she recovers at home a little under the weather, the Bud Man here, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America.